Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, Charmed a Spellcast. Hey you listening there, have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spell cast so hello bryce yes hello Shana. how are you doing today um doing good doing okay um, it is a Wednesday. It has thunderstormed mm-hmm. on and off this past couple of days. And I'm hoping that it won't thunderstorm on Saturday, because I'd really like to see you for a little beach day. I would like to see you too. Um, by the time this goes out, we will have already understood, we will are already, already uh, revealed whether or not we've gone to the beach. Maybe we should post something very cryptic. <laughs> It's like, we made it to the beach, or we didn't make it to the beach, and it'll be before this episode is out, and it'll just be like a mystery. I like it. Right right now, it is Schrodinger's Beach. We could have, or we couldn't have. Yeah, yeah, and we won't know until uh, Saturday, and you won't know until after that. (laughs) Suckers. How are you doing? Suckers. I'm doing okay. I'm trying to uh, imbibe some excitement. Mm. Um, or Im- imbue imbue my life with some excitement. I'm not mm. imbibing anything, just water. <laughs> imbibble. Um, imb- I'm imbibbling. And that is because it is such a hot day. It's such a sleepy, hot day that I fell asleep. Um, smack smack in the middle of the day. Uh, and now I'm, I'm trying to show up for our listeners, for our, our few... Mighty listeners, the endurance of whom I can only marvel at. <laughs> yeah, I have also been taking many a nap these past couple of days because I, I do think that the heat, it just takes it out of you. Like, the, the, by the time the day is over, there's just no energy left. Yeah, and when you think about, like, why it's so hot, I think that takes out even more energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, from you because you're like global warming and the world like, it, yep. just the world's ending all around the world's us ending um, and then you're like there's a there's a meteorite projected to hit earth in like 2186 that's too far <laughs> that's... away <laughs> <laughs> I wish it could kill me sooner ah come on take me out like the dinosaurs um, but no, actually, because they didn't all die in a in a meteor. Immediately, they they died slowly oh, um, because sad. their environment changed over time. Whoop! Okay, so. Uh, but I'm here. Sorry, I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. That if you do want to marvel at the majesty of dinosaurs, just take a look at your local chicken. That that's what the dinosaur was, and I always think to myself whenever I have a dino nugget that this is a chicken turned back into the shape of its ancestors. What have you become? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if a dinosaur looked at a chicken today, what would they think? They, I mean, if they were carnivores or omnivores, they'd probably just gobble it up. 
Mm. I don't know. As they did with others of their kind. When I when I think of the prehistoric times and I think about how just blatantly different the planet was, like all the flora, all the fauna was different. Whatever we have now didn't exist back then. It was an alien planet. That just boggles my mind. Mm. That's kind of cool to think about. Um, and, you know, conversely gives me hope that when all the humans are gone, uh, the planet is just going to change again and, like, keep changing and existing. And it's going to be just fine. And and, and really, if, when, you, when you think about it, did the Earth really need humans? <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a kind of nihilism that, that takes takes the suffering of many out of context Mm. so you know cheers to dino chicken nuggets for reminding us that we are all uh just doing the best we can and in this lifetime and in a hundred or two hundred or three hundred or many thousands of years life will be completely unrecognizable yeah or it might not be (laughs) i don't know or it might not be yeah that's very true. We could still be eating chicken nugget, chick, chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could still be doing that. Um, dear listener, tell us what you think will happen in the future. Yeah, chime in below in the comments. Chime in below. <laughs> chime in below. Uh, should we should we do any other manner keeping that's not um, wildly speculative existential fiction? Uh, sure, sure. So my manner keeping is that in recent weeks I have moved, settling into the new place. Been very exciting. Um, let's see what else happened. I also recently received a small pocket keychain knife from Shayna, and a little, a little pine cone that is in fact a candle. They are very silly gifts, but uh, they're just to say I saw these things and I love them. And I thought of you, whom I also love, and so the two <laughs> go together. <laughs> I'm so grateful. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Yeah. Have you have you had any uh, knife fights with the rats? <laughs> no, not yet. We don't have a lot of rats yet. At least I don't think so. Seen a couple of beetly types, so maybe I'll, it'll have to come down to a knife fight with the beetles. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Ah, <laughs> Bryce Wong fights the beetles. <laughs> Come at it's my, me! It's my favorite... The British Invasion! Favorite movie. My favorite genre, actually. Genre of music. <laughs> Bryce fights the Beatles. Uh, well, I'm so glad that you're, you're getting settled and that you have some housewarming gifts. Thank you. What have you been up to? Oh, not much. I've been cat-sitting, which is very exciting. Um, amidst all the other stuff I'm doing, uh, friends are taking advantage of being vaccinated in order to go out of town for a little bit. Although everybody is still feeling a little skeeved because uh, the Delta variant is arising, is a raging. Um, <laughs> and I both completely understand the urgency with which they want to like get out because it's been so long and I also understand the worry about uh, having to take many many precautions as many as possible when traveling but I'm not traveling right now I am instead taking care of their animals 
which is kind of fun. Actually, it's very fun. I don't have any animals of my own, and I would really like them. But now I get to care for creatures whose vet bills I don't pay. And I get to be in a new space every once in a while, which is really nice. And I'm currently sitting for two very mischievous and silly cats. Ooh. And their names are Nomi and Jupiter. Oh. Super cute. Little kits. Little Kit Cats. Little Kit Cats. And uh, yeah, and I'm just working from home while I'm doing it. So I'm actually, I'm quite lucky to be able to do two (laughs) gigs at once. Yeah. Um, Nothing harder than sitting on a cat and topping on your lap. Yes. Yes. Very difficult. (laughs) Um, And also, it's, I've noticed, like, it's been really nice. Because I'm like, you know, I'm pretty, I think I've spoken a bit on this pod about my own mental health being pretty depleted. um, My mental wellness being pretty depleted. Especially over the course of the past year and a half. Because of everything that's uh, been going on in regards to keeping people isolated. And other things, too. But... I have noticed a definite like soothing and uptick whenever I get to cat sit or dog sit and like have a little furry companion that just demands energy from you but like demands attention and gives you attention in return and is like, you must pet me. I don't care if you're sad. Pet me now. And I'm like, you know what? This does make me feel better. Yeah. A little um, pet therapy yeah. there. Exactly. I'm I'm getting pet therapy and I'm getting paid for it, which is amazing incredible um yeah so that's pretty much pet sitting has been my the the like most exciting thing i think it's been going on for me in a very kind of mundane way um and the other exciting thing is that uh the l word generation (laughs) q is back and while i you know don't necessarily think the show is like a super high quality or anything because it's the l word like it's never been about being a prestige show it's it's been a it's a soap it's a dishy sexy soap um it's a dish soap it's a dish soap if you will oh my god (laughs) yes it's a dish soap um but it's been really nice to have something to kind of collectively yell about Mm, mm. and and get kind of invested in and and Invested, but not personally involved, mm, I'll mm. say. It's it's just, like, fun. It's just fun to watch the gossip and to watch lesbians making terrible, terrible decisions. <laughs> um, everybody on that show makes such terrible decisions. So that's been my other exciting kind of take my mind off of real problems thing. Mm. And I'm I'm very much enjoying it. Delightful. Well, yeah. we've returned to you, listener, from our separate uh, busy lives of cat sitting and watching the L word and all also... hey. <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, it's that's, been... that's not all I do. No, I know it's not all you do. I'm just I, today. In fact, I uh, I got myself a pizza because I had I had a therapy session that was difficult but good. So. Pizza eating also happens. Well, well, well. Proud of you for that ability to balance your mental health. Thank you. (laughs) 
um, but I, I was doing this as a segue to say that. Oh, you, you're right. Sorry, <laughs> I was holding us back. <laughs> oh no 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 no! You you've never held us back. Um, but I was <laughs> I was segueing to me saying uh, to us saying words about Charmed because we haven't done that in a while. Oh, oops. You're right. Uh, Charmed. Can I interest you in a show? <laughs> Hello there, got... kids. Would you like to buy some? Pod, free podcast episodes about Charmed. I got a bridge to sell you. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Would you Would you like to make a quilt out of Americans? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's Let's get back Let's get back to the world of. Wait, late? No, early two thousands, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, Bryce. Oh, hi, Shana. You know how we've always said that we've got the best sponsors in the world. Those were fake. We don't have any sponsors. For once you are incorrect, we have the best sponsor in the world, especially if you're looking for creative, comfy, silly but earnest movie merch. Super Yaki has original t-shirts, sweatshirts, pins, National Treasure, Spy Kids, Nora Ephron, Star Wars, Judy Greer, Josie and the Pussycats, Jordan Peele, John Carpenter, and so much more. Bryce, do you have a favorite design? Oh, heck yeah, I do. I really love their dad hat that says Music by John Carpenter on it and is in a nice burnt orange color. Ah, you look like such a good dad in that. Heck yeah, I do. You're doing great, kids. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. So that's SUPERFRIEND, S-U-P-E-R-F-R-I-E-N-D. So check them out. Get yourself a new outfit to spice up your comfy movie-binging quarantine lifestyle and support the USPS. What could be better? Visit them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I dot C-O-M. San Francisco, what a wonderful town. It's where they dig up bodies and they take <laughs> They take their skin. skin and then they make a whole new suit. <laughs> It's it's a meat suit, but it's only the skin. Oh my god! <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, so anyway, uh, how to make a quilt out of Americans? Uh, it is season two, episode seventeen of Charmed. Again, I almost said Charmed to spellcast, <laughs> and it was written by Javier Grill Marchois, and. Also by Robert Mancello, I think. Mm. Yes, yes. Teleplay mm. by. Herm, herm, herm. Teleplay. It was directed by. Uh, yes. Sorry. Did you know that this the screenplay for a television episode is called a teleplay, oh. which I think is the best name out of screenplay and script and ah. play. Teleplay is my favorite way to say that. I um, like anyway. it because it's kind of like it's kind of like what you would think like a radio play is. You just teleplay Ew. I was not expecting you to connect it in that way but it does make sense because <laughs> radio directly transitioned into broadcast television and we're back to Charmed podcast spellcast directed by Kevin Inch not this episode <laughs> but the episode on television oh the teleplay um, the teleplay and it aired April 6th 2000 
All righty. Thank you for that intro. We can do it. Just got to get back in the swing of it. Yeah, you know, I think I think that was the longest intro in a while. Um, and it's because we just wanted to give you double the fun. Yeah. Um, so should we should we do the three tracks? Yes. Um, let's see. I can start. I'll go with I'll go with uh, Phoebe. Phoebe's track is that she doesn't want to get glasses, and she's <laughs> she, okay. She's she's still a student. She's just a student, and she is starting to feel a little bit vain about the fact that she needs glasses. And this whole episode is centered around the idea of vanity and what it can do. I mean, partially around vanity. It's not actually about vanity that much. Um, and then Phoebe has uh, gets to show off some of her kickboxing skills. And uh, that's pretty much her arc for this episode. That is pretty much it. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty it's a pretty simple episode. Um, Prue is not does not have an arc of her own at all. <laughs> she truly is just going along with uh, with making fun of slash supporting Piper and Phoebe alternately. Um, making fun of Phoebe and, and supporting Piper mm-hmm. in in Piper's lapse of desire to be a witch, which is quite uh, quite a common thread mm-hmm. for Piper, I think, throughout throughout these seasons. Yeah. So if you haven't guessed, Piper's thread is that she doesn't want to be a witch. She has to break up with Dan. A lot of things are happening for her, basically, right now. And mm-hmm. she's sick of it. So this episode is her trying to combat that um, sickness. That sickness. It's she's her burnout. Her witch yeah, burnout. She definitely she has burnout. Want, she doesn't want to be a witch anymore because it is messing with her ability to have a regular life, to even have the unpleasant things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't even break up with Dan in this in all in one sitting because demons are a calling. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I understand burnout from the perspective of, like, being a witch is exhausting and all of the horror and violence and trauma you have to deal with every day. But they really didn't touch on that, I think, in this episode. They really just kind of was like, ah, my boots got dirty and I can't bring it with Dan. Whereas I think in that episode with um, where Andy died, it was truly a moment of, like, being a witch has fundamentally affected the way that I can enjoy... Uh, mm-hmm. relationships with people and it will always change the way that I'm able to look at the world which was like I think a very heavy way to to, yes. to doubt your want your wanting to be a witch but this one was more of a she's just tired of it it yeah it could feel more petty but I understand like little things little things stacking up basically mm-hmm. is what was going on and yeah. it made me it made me think back to some of Piper's very first episodes of having such a difficult time with accepting the morality of witchcraft um, and the supposed evilness of supernatural powers, so it just it just made me think of every everyone has had some sort of doubts, even though Phoebe is kind of the most staunch and being like excited about witchcraft, um, but but Piper certainly has mm-hmm. as well and will continue to. Actually, I think it's um, a, sorry. Um, I was going to say that I think it's a good point that you brought up the bit about 
earlier episodes and how witchcraft made her doubt her morality. Because I, I was in the mindset going into, into this podcast that, oh, Piper wants to quit being a witch because she's just tired of it. And so I like had it in my mind that there was just that kind of petty undercurrent. But I think when you throw in the fact that she was critical about what that meant about her self-worth earlier in the uh, series, I think that she has never felt like being a witch is her identity the same way that the other two sisters have. Yes, absolutely. I think that Phoebe has always been super excited from the very first moment, and she's gotten into some trouble where she's had her morality you know, possessed and, and reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's even come back from that. And and Prue has also come into her own yeah. somewhat and, and has two powers and, like, is is incredibly powerful and is exploring... Oh, we didn't really get it in this episode, but is exploring her new life outside of the, the confines of the auction house. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of her big question and journey and change is is what she wants to do with life, but she's going for it. Um, Whereas Piper, whenever Piper uses her powers, not whenever, but like a a large amount of the time, and it's often very funny, she's very reluctant to do it. It's it's like a sigh of a, oh my God, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm just gonna freeze time. All right, okay. Or or she's scared. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that that's, that's interesting as well like it's it's even we- the way she wields her powers is begrudging yeah exactly that's that's how i would characterize it yeah I mean, and it's you know it's funny most of the time but in this episode of of it's you know yeah it still feels a little petty but in this episode of really not wanting to be a witch i think it feels even more apt and like sub supportive of those choices mm-hmm. um yeah so anyway let's get into it let's get into it we didn't even talk about the main plot oh and the main the main plot which all of them are doing is that they are visited by aunt gail who is not really an aunt who is just was a sorority sister of graham's um, oh yes who who is dying from something we're not sure cancer whatever the the coughing disease tb <laughs> and it's an old lady the consumption is an old lady and along with her two other old lady friends is trying to summon a demon the skin demon <laughs> the skin stealing <laughs> demon who will grant them their youth back and in order to do that Gail has decided that she will take the powers of the Charmed Ones and give it to the demon, and in exchange, the demon will take their souls and give them their youth, and she won't have to deal with her failing health anymore. Um, So she goes to the Charmed Ones to ostensibly reunite with them and surprise them by uh, revealing that Grams had been in a coven with her and asked for their help in defeating this demon, but really... She's just trying to steal their powers. Um, so if you imagine your crossover with Charmed on one side of the crossover and Hocus Pocus on the other side, that's pretty much mm. the plot. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much the plot. And and some of it is in, it's even done kind of in the same like hokey, like campy style as Hocus Pocus. The, the other two ladies who form this evil old coven, um, 
are very much like overactors. <laughs> they're they're very suspicious old ladies. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite trope has come about in this trio of suspicious old ladies, which is again, if you have three women who are a group, they all have to have different hair colors. That is your favorite trope and my favorite trope is actors pretending to act badly. <laughs> Or when did suspiciously. they? When did they? When did they pretend to act? Susp- oh, when they were like trying not to let the charmed ones know that they're trying to steal their youth. Exactly. When uh, when they do finally rope the charmed ones into the house on a wild goose chase, they give them a tea, an iced tea, <laughs> infused infused with the the. I couldn't totally read what it said on the the Book of Shadows spell, but I think it was something like the blackest lead (laughs) yeah and i was like damn that's gonna kill them it was like heart Um, of a basaur and i was like what yeah exactly that kind of thing (laughs) so they just pop it in the tea and they're (laughs) they're acting in that moment the three old ladies acting actually really just the two aunt gail isn't so egregious but the other two is like oh yes we saw the (laughs) The grave digger out by old yonder cemetery. Wasn't that scary? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't you want more tea? Ooh, it's so silly. But so, I love it. I love that trope. The yeah, the the um the campiness that the old ladies bring to this episode really belies the fact that they are skinning well, digging up corpses, skinning them, and then turning them into a suit for a demon to inhabit. Yes, this is actually an episode that I'm not sure if I've ever seen before. What? Because I know because I read I've read the synopsis and I recognized the name and I thought it was going to be way more gruesome than it actually was. Um, just like actually showing like the skinning of people or something. Oh. And it's it's not that. It's just a weird skin suit that gets animated um, for a second. Not even animated, just like glows and then turns into a naked man. Yeah, um, and it's and you don't really see that skin. You see it more as like leather, like latex. Leather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 not it's not actually really body horror at all. <laughs> Need to tell you that that's not actually human skin that they used in this just episode. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. No worries. It's fu- it was no humans were harmed in the making of this. Um, but, but yeah, because of that, because of the, the gruesome title, I don't think I've ever actually watched it before. Wow. None of it really, none of, none of the episode rang a visual bell. Wow. We mind. both, we're both coming into this with fresh eyes anew. I know. Um, yeah, fresh eyes. Uh, I was actually Real also. Lies. <laughs> My special eyes. <laughs> I was also curious about the title though. And I was like looking up where did. What is it based on? Because I assume that it's a it's a reference to something, and apparently it's based on this book slash film that came out a little bit earlier in the '90s about several generations of women, and it's kind of like an anthology film where it, like cuts from story to story to story. I think, and it's called How mm. to Make a Quilt. No, no, How to Make an American Quilt, or something like that. That's funny. Yeah, I was I was wondering, and I'm glad you did the the work of looking that up. Oh yeah, charm.fandom.com has it has it all there for you to look at. Thank you, charm.fandom.com. What are you listening to us for? <laughs> Just go read our favorite website, charm.fandom.com. 
Um, I did read the Wikipedia page for the movie How to Make an American Quilt, and I think it's rather uninteresting. I, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I have to probably watch it, but it's supposed to be like this sweeping film about all these different women and how all their lives connect. But really it sounds more like it's a bunch of women who are wronged by men, and then oh. they go to the next story. That's so lame. That but, uh, uh, sounds... There's a there's a Mark Cherry uh, produced television series right now that's like uh, why women kill or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's it's a similar like anthology idea of going through the decades of like women being wronged by men and and turning to murder, <laughs> which also which also was Desperate Housewives, which Mark Cherry also created and produced. Mm. He's got a that's he's got a type he does this this episode however is not really about women being wronged by men um no. which is you know refreshing and a lot a lot of charmed is not about women being wronged by men uh any more than you know demons um demen demens demens and certainly like fighting the patriarchy mm-hmm. many a time but it's it's not the Revenge on a lover. Oh, yeah. An ex lover, a spiteful, you know, whatever, that we come to see a lot, I think, Mm -hmm. in many dramas. No, no. This is about witches, and most importantly, it's about San Francisco. (laughs) City of Snakes. City of Snakes. And Santa Costa. And Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah, Santa Costa heard of made up okay wait made up let's let's just let's get started with uh the first opening scene the cold open um so the three hocus pocus witches our old lady friends (laughs) are doing a chant and they're summoning crito and crito is the demon of vanity and they they have the meat suit and they briefly bring (laughs) him to life or no i don't think they have the meat suit yet okay they don't yet they don't yet but they briefly bring him onto this worldly plane and he's just like a ball of smoke and he's like what have you summoned me for and they were like i want to be young again and he was like i need more than just that or something like he needs more uh more than souls more than souls and so gail thinks quickly and says i will give you powers and cred <laughs> and cred is like good and then he like disappears and then the uh the witches have to figure out well these this three these three women have to figure out how to get those powers the only thing i really liked from this opening sequence was when crito was like in his smoke ball form and he was like upset that he had been awakened he was like don't ever summon me again it was very like petulant teen like slamming the door what I really enjoyed from it was that it looked like he was wearing pantyhose, like a, like <laughs> on his a robber face. Yeah. on his face. And it was like, oh, he's the skin demon. But then that doesn't appear in any way when he's an actual human male. He's pretty generic when he's in human form. Yep. Classic, spiky, short-haired, 90s, I yes. guess early 2000s male and, lead. And Gale gives a cough. And you know, because there is never any such thing as a benign TV cough, <laughs> you know that she's she gonna die. <laughs> Why cough when you could just keep it in and be strong? Yes, exactly. 
Um, if you cough, it means that it's time for you to go or summon a, or summon a demon. So anyway, she's about to die. And then we switch over to Phoebe in the manor. And Phoebe hates her new glasses. Yeah, she doesn't, she thinks she looks old. And she says this later on, like, I don't want to wear glasses. And Prue's like, why? I wear glasses. And Phoebe's like, yeah, but you're older. (laughs) Mm. And it was so like, come on, Phoebe, have some tact. I have a really funny story, um, and it's going to be very brief. But it's that I got glasses when I was in sixth grade because I was definitely reading way too much at night with a flashlight um, but my my bad vision started pretty early and I've been wearing them ever since and my sister wanted glasses so bad because I had glasses Aww. that she lied and she said her vision was and then she couldn't read when they were doing the optometrist test so what? she also I know so she got glasses for like she had them for like six months nefarious um, absolutely nefarious but I just think it's funny because it's the opposite of Phoebe Mm -hmm. yeah I mean at this point glasses are very much in vogue on vogue on vogue my my age related story not glasses related is that I have a cousin who is less than a year younger than me but loves to point out that I'm older and recently (laughs) recently we got together and we had some ice cream and she was like you know you're in your when you're uh, when you hit your mid to late twenties, which is where you are right now, and I was like, what, what, what? Why would we say mid to late? Why couldn't we just say mid twenties? Come on, was this Liz? It was. Come on, Liz, you will be there soon enough. Soon enough, seriously. Eat your ice cream, enjoy it while you can, because <laughs> soon you'll be in your mid to late twenties. Uh, okay. Um, anyway, Phoebe hates her glasses. I think they're cute. Um, and then Piper is having to get rid of her favorite shoes because they've got demon blood splattered on them. It's a tough um, life. They're Timberlands. Oh. So sad. They're really... Rid of, they're they're, they're hip. They're Tims. They're <laughs> hip. They've always been hip. Um, and... Yeah, that's pretty much it. And she is having to go to the club to break up with Dan, even though she's still unsure about her future with Leo, Mm -hmm. if it'll work out because of all the rules and regulations around a white lighter not being allowed to date a witch. Exactly so. And then we end before the credits with Aunt Gail knock-knocking on the manor door. Looks like she's come to visit the Charmed Ones. And oh no, you can tell from her face that Aunt Gail is evil. <laughs> She's up to shenanigans. She's up to skenanigans. Anyway, ah! so then. <laughs> oh man, I just screamed into my mic. Good, good, excellent. It is Solid my goal to make you scream, <laughs> scream, laugh, and blow out your mic at least once per episode. Okay, so we, we come back from credits. We learn more about Aunt Gail. She, like, oh, uh, excuse me. What, what? We missed something, and I, I realize we haven't been doing it um, in a couple of episodes. Okay. Which is, after credits, we have beautiful, sweeping <laughs> views of San Francisco, City of Snakes. True, okay. okay. If if the television show won't let us forget that they're in San Francisco, then as the podcast host, it's our duty to also not let you yes. forget. Neither can you. <laughs> okay, so we're done with San Francisco. We'll never see it again. And then... 
we go to the manor and they're <laughs> looking for old pictures of Gail and Grams together. Um, the, the, really funny whenever you say we'll never see San Francisco again because they probably just switch right over to whatever set that they have on some studio lot. In Pasadena. <laughs> or in Vancouver. Or in Vancouver. I think it was Pasadena, though, oh, for this one. That's cool. But okay, wait, who sorry. Who knows? I'm making it up. Carry on. Okay, my wayward son. Uh, they are looking for pictures. They're hunting. They're listening to stories about the coven and getting increasingly suspicious because Gail knows all this stuff and she didn't like come and hang out with them earlier. Gramps has been dead for two years. They've already got their powers. Yeah. But anyway. Um, oh my god, Gramps had a coven. Wow. Yeah, and apparently... Uh, Aunt Gail doesn't have any real powers, so you can be a part of a coven and not be born a witch. All we need to do, Bryce, is find one person that is a witch, and then we could join their coven. Nice. It would be really cool. It would be Trust so me, cool. There's going to be no skinning. Oh, um, good. We're, we're just going to hold hands. Okay, good. That's I love holding hands. Yay. <laughs> okay, good. We're in a coven now. Um <laughs> Okay, so the only thing that stood out in the scene to me that was kind of funny is that uh, Gail was asking them about their men's, the men's in their life, and they're like, man, not really. Piper kind of has someone. It's complicated. Mm. And Gail's like, you can't be too picky. And it reminded me that my partner and I were watching an older movie uh, called Bells Are Ringing the other day, and it's a musical. It's a ridiculous m- musical about all sorts of mistaken identities and falling in love and also there's an operation in which bookies are masquerading as a record company it's ridiculous anyway but uh there's this part in it in which the protagonist this young beautiful woman played by judy holiday has gone on several dates with young men and has been set up a couple of times by her older friend and the older friend is like you can't be too picky because you're not going to be able to find anyone. You've already tried with six dates. And it's like, wow. Oh no. Six <laughs> old it, people. Huh? That's six like... old. That's like, you, you might as well be a Gale by now. And that's <laughs> that, how Gale regards it too. Honestly, six people is already one billionth of the people out there. Like the pool's getting smaller. Yeah, you might as well give up now and settle for Crito. Um, Okay, skipping ahead. Oh, sorry. You were going to continue? Oh, yes. Yes, I was going to continue and skip ahead to when Piper can't even break up with Dan. Yeah. Because he comes to the club and he's giving her gifts and she's trying to talk to him. And then ring-a-ding-ding-ding, there is a phone call and it is Prue saying, Gail knows we're you-know-whats. And Piper's like, I gotta snatch up this phone real quick. Dan, just uh, hold on right there. I'll break up with you later. <laughs> Which is sad. Yeah. She has... It, it's, it's, it's not a petty thing that she doesn't want to be a witch. I, I shouldn't have, like, led with that. It's definitely, like, this is not her world. Like, her identity is elsewhere, and she can't even be herself. And yeah. herself is breaking up with Dan. Yeah. Unpleasant, but it has to happen. 
Um, and it's it's hard to do when you're distracted. Yeah. The demons are real gremlin-y today, just kind of distracting <laughs> from every little thing. Pour water on them. Um, so yeah. Piper goes and meets with her sisters, and she's talk, listening to Gail tell her story, and Gail's like, we gotta go check the Book of Shadows, because um, there's a demon out there. Um, they're like, how do you know about that? And she's like, boop, 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 boop. Wave it away! Uh, so then they go check the Book of Shadows, and Piper wants, or sorry, yeah, Piper wants to call away the sisters to, like, have a little secret exchange to talk about Aunt Gale. And while they're gone, Aunt Gale flips through the book, finds a spell for taking powers away from witches, tears it out, and stuffs it in her purse. My, I just physically felt re- repulsed when she ripped a page out oh, of the Book of Shadows. Yeah. I was like, no! That was that was the most horrifying thing about this episode for me. Mm-hmm. So she rips out the page. The sisters are conversing. Piper is very sus, or thinks that Gail is very sus. Uh, and Aunt Gail's friends are creating a squin, squin, a skin quilt wherever they are in Santa. A quilt. <laughs> Santa, Santa Costa. Santa Costa. Oh God! And they're there with their squilt, <laughs> and they're. <laughs> Putting it together, sewing up a mannequin kind of thing. Mannequin. A mannequin kind of thing. And, um, yeah, and she's, Gail is hurrying back and she is going to take away the sister's powers and all is going according to plan. She don't want to die yet. (laughs) And uh, so the sisters take a road trip. And Phoebe really does not want to wear glasses at all. She doesn't even want to admit to having them. And uh, we see her interact with two old men outside the gas station who are giving her directions because she can't read the map. Um, And she leaves her glasses behind. Or supposedly she leaves her glasses behind because uh, she's too embarrassed to say that they belong to her. That was something that definitely reminded me of, like, elementary school type of antics yeah so yeah so uh as they're as they're going piper is feeling pretty down in the dumps and is is explaining about it and uh then they get to the place and (laughs) they the place being santa costa the made-up place the old victorian these ladies also live in an old victorian (laughs) Um, and they're the they're, golden girls. They really are. They're being very suspicious, and they're making this little potion, and it has lead in it, so <laughs> that's not good for anybody. And uh, then they usher the sisters out to a fictional place to go try to catch these grave diggers and demons. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sisters have been scattered to the four winds, looking for this, going on this goose hunt. And the sisters are trying to, now that they've um, Im- imbibed the, wit- the the charmed ones with the spell that was in the tea, or the potion that was in the tea, all they have to the do- charmed ones, The charmed ones have imbibed the potion, and now the old ladies are imbuing them with the spell. Yes, there we go. There we go. Okay. And so they're, right. they're doing the chant thing to like get the powers uh, from the sisters, and Credo's like, it's, I don't feel anything yet. And they're like, you just got away. And the sisters are- out there in the in the thick of it and they're starting to feel faint and they can't feel good and then a rat runs by and Piper tries to freeze it but you can't freeze the rat very sad something actually I really enjoyed this part because uh Holly Marie Combs gets to 
show us what Piper looks like when she is trying to freeze but can't freeze things. <laughs> and her hands just kind of flail around a little bit. Oh, that that and is so funny to think about. It's very fun. Do the freeze move. <laughs> oh, ah! my God. But when Liana sent us the uh, meme of me trying to pretend like I'm having a premonition like Phoebe when I, <laughs> <laughs> when I was 12. Oh, yeah. Liana Kindler, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Always welcome. Never wants to come on, but does as a service to us. I thought you were going to say always welcome, never wanted. Just (laughs) kidding. I want you very much. Always wanted. Never never wants us, but, you know, loves us to a fault. It's us, the charmed ones. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So their, their powers are gone. Mm-hmm. Their powers are gone, and those particularly suspicious old ladies with the comically bad acting have now become the main suspect. Because they, they, they go back to the scene of being imbued or, and imbibing, and they find that there are just two smoking piles of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I think, okay, so to back up just a little bit, after... Crito received his powers. He gave Aunt Gale youth again, and then he just decimated the other two ladies. Yeah, he really did. And he did, because he said, I needed three witches to bring me here, but there are three who could take away my existence as well, and I'm not going to let them happen, so I'm going to kill those two into thin air, kill them into thin air, and I'm going to keep you as a hostage and now you have to recruit all your old friends from bingo who want to sell their souls for yeah. youth. Really quite awful, like very, very scary stuff. And then he yeah. goes, oh, sorry. Go, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, I, I got nothing. <laughs> and then Credo goes on a bender, just giving random people youth. So like we said, when the, <laughs> actually, I don't think we said it yet, but when the sisters go back you to the gas station, they see like two young young men driving by in the car and they're like whooping and hollering and Phoebe's like I think those were the two guys who gave me uh, directions earlier so suspect whooping and hollering Um, I want to talk really quickly about this idea of the old ladies needing youth more than anyone I do like that they include older men in this too so it's not just women who are like vain and want to hoop and whoop and holler and (laughs) and chase after younger men or or women Mm -hmm. um but i read a really interesting piece lately from a writer named natalia kyogen and i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing that um who wrote this piece for blood knife magazine which is just a like a user subscription funded uh or patron funded magazine mostly writing on horror Mm. and she wrote about the image of the hackneyed hag in in horror as something that has become a really popular image in modern horror or contemporary horror um, of like the naked old woman who's like a, a hallucination or like a possession mm. or or something is like the hallucinatory image that appears um, or or is the actual villain or the mm-hmm. crone, the witch, mm-hmm. and how so often they're, like, nude. <laughs> they appear nude. And when I read this, I immediately thought of The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, but she talks a little bit more contemporarily about it, 
how in the last like 10 years or so this has been happening yep i definitely have some movies just just come straight to my mind's eye when you talk about right exactly and she she talks about how frightening this image is and especially when they're nude because these these old ladies are supposed to be uh polite and like conservatively dressed and not show the signs of of wear and tear of a body except on like places on their body that are like easier to digest Mm -hmm. so like yeah so so someone showing something like dentures or like sagging breasts or something like that it's like very scary Mm -hmm. um because it's us facing our own mortality it's also extremely sexist Mm -hmm. uh because it's representing this kind of idea of a woman isn't supposed to show anything when it's no longer uh appealing of her body it's no longer appealing for sexual consumption Mm. so i just i thought that was really interesting and i wanted to read a tiny little passage yeah let's hear it um from this piece so and it kind of connects to our even our housekeeping our manner keeping so she is the epitome of youthful despondency the form of a future fraught with devastation the inherent fear ingrained in women of what we become when we are no longer considered beautiful she is a reflection of societal intolerances the hag forces us all to experience the ecstatic sensation of fear then worms her image into our psyche and probes us to understand exactly why she is so terrifying to begin with and i thought that was very interesting um just like looking at i know i know that this fear demon or not fear demon this uh vanity demon preys on those who want to be young for cosmetic reasons and gail is someone who like is supposed to be a little sympathetic because she's dying and and she doesn't want to die yet it's not necessarily about appearance or image and she ultimately does like sacrifice herself um but i just thought it was interesting like why why these kooky old women can be so evil mm-hmm. and it's because they're trying to avoid this devastating future mm-hmm. <laughs> that lies in front of us like literally the most horrifying thing that modern filmmakers can think of yeah um, are old women that is such a good reading thank you for finding that and for sharing it with us hell yeah thanks natalia and I, I thought you were also going to allude that maybe a reason why older women are often created as villains in movies is because, uh, or like their villainous ways and trying to get beauty and trying to get like whatever. Um, I thought you were going to allude to the fact that maybe people see that happening because they think that women want beauty and youth because it's their last chance. It's their, it's their only way to leverage power. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is something also, the piece doesn't really go into it, but it's definitely something we see in like Snow White, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Um, in all iterations of Snow White, I'm thinking of the, the animated Disney, but I'm also thinking of like the Charlize Theron and um, Kristen Stewart, like mm. wild milk bath scene in which Charlize Theron like sucks the soul of a young woman (laughs) to retain retain her beauty which is her power right yeah beauty and youth is the source of power yeah and it's I don't know it's it's very interesting the piece also goes into like 
climate change and like environmental failure. Oh, wow. Um, and that kind of impending sense of doom and the fear that we won't have a future to even get that old. So I just, I just, lots of interesting stuff. Look mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, I, I don't know if I get, I mean, I'm sure that people feel, view fears in different ways. I don't see it as like, oh, I'm afraid that we won't get to that age. I'm more like, because I, I, I guess, I guess my image is that we will get, get to that age and everything will just be really scary. Like the whole world will just mm. be awful and we'll be suffering. Yeah. That is possible too. So, uh, I, you know what I want to be when I grow up is a hackney tag. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yes. Okay. I'm already halfway there. Yeah. I mean, age is but a number. Yes. So, all right. So, uh, Crito has been giving people youth left and right. The charmed ones are trying to go track him down. Um, and then they have a little, uh, little skirmish in the uh, gas station area. Um, and Credo is using their powers against the Charmed Ones, and they're trying to figure out a, w- a way to fight back without having any resources themselves. And they realize that the resource that they do have is knowledge. They know how their powers work. So they trick him into thinking that they froze when he approaches them. Um, but weirdly, I-, I thought that maybe their powers would be related to the witchery, but I guess witchery is just innate. They can't freeze because good witches can't freeze. So. Uh, Phoebe gives them a big old kick, and then they run off. And I love that this is the way in which they're defeating them. It's like they know themselves so well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, I guess it's you're like, right. Cool. And it does yeah. it does push back on Piper trying to discard the witch identity because it is definitely a part of her now. Yeah, absolutely. She knows it like the back of her hand, <laughs> and she can kill a demon with it without even having her powers. Yeah. Um, Aunt Gail is killed. Uh, Aww, bye, yeah. Aunt Gail. Kind of wild that, like, the three witches from the beginning are, are like, dead by the end of the sh- episode. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I didn't expect it to go that way. I mean, I feel like this, like, super moralizing, ha- ha- like, tagline, beauty has its price, is oh. like, okay, all right, fine. Okay, I I get it. But you're right. It is kind of wild. Like, I I think I would have expected Aunt Gail to survive but just become old again and be like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it dying this way. No, but she she has a very sad ending. Her friends die before eyes. And then she as a gets youth, but can only enjoy it for like half a day and then watches other people sell their souls and then gets killed by the very same demon that she brought back to this worldly plane. Oh, bummer. Beauty has price. <laughs> and that's that's, uh, that's the whole receipt. Yes. The itemized receipt. Uh, we're glossier. <laughs> 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 oh my god, what if? That would be so funny if like this whole thing was just like sponsored by a makeup company. Anyway. It probably was. It probably was. Hmm. Interesting. There were probably some uh, commercials when it was oh. first airing for like L'Oreal yeah. or something. There was, I mean, they probably knew the audience of Charmed back in when it first was airing, and so they probably tried to skew the commercials one way. Yeah, what is what is the most terrifying thing to young women? Well, actually a lot of things, but in the, in the <laughs> minds of ad execs. 
<laughs> oh, that, that's really funny. <laughs> Old women. <laughs> I do love, I do love the image of an ad exec being like, "What's the scariest thing you could think of, little girl?" And she's like, uh, "The black hole consuming the earth and all of us dying in emptiness." Okay, what's the second scariest thing? <laughs> That's a good little comic. I like that. <laughs> so right. anyway, yeah, Gale perishes. Alas. <laughs> Goodbye, Gale. And they use their powers, their knowledge of their powers, in order to distract Crito into uh, astral projecting. But he has no idea how that works. So he collapses on one plane, and his other astral projection goes to try to chase Phoebe as she's pretending that she's trying to get the potion to vanquish him and take his powers back. Um, and that's the way in which they're able to get the the tea, the rest of the tea, into his gaping maw. <laughs> um, force feed it to him. Use the spell that Gale used to take their powers. They get their powers back. And then they do a vanquish. Yes. They chant the spell that, I guess, when you have the potion in your body, makes you die? I don't I don't know. Okay. I don't I don't even know. It wasn't that. It's just that they used the spell to get their powers back and then they used a different spell to vanquish him. Oh, okay, yeah. That 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 makes sense. It was hard to follow. A lot of things were happening for this end sequence, yes, I think. Definitely. But they do the thing and while all of this is happening, Piper is telling her sisters that she she's not even sure she wants to get her powers back. Like she's mm-hmm. tired of being a witch and Phoebe tells her this is the way we were born. Like it's in our, it's in our heritage, in our blood. It's in your blood, and she's like, no, no. And they're like, yes, it is. And she's like, Ugh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and so the vanquishing it happens. They get their powers back. Well, they get their powers back, and then the vanquishing it happens. <laughs> and then I, uh, and then. Piper has a conversation when it's all cleaned up and done and they get her a new pair of Tims. Mm-hmm. Um, Prue asks if they have to budget for getting her more shoes, basically asking, are you still interested in being a witch with us? Because we're going to, we'll keep getting you new shoes. We want you to be a witch with us. And she basically says like her feelings haven't really changed that much, even though she lost her powers and is supposed to feel grateful for getting them back she still feels kind of harangued Hmm. by everything she has to do. And she feels especially sad in her inability to really see a future with Leo. Mm -hmm. And then she has to go break up with Dan. Yeah, it's a tough episode for Piper. Yeah, it's it's really tough, but I think that these grievances, um, it's like... The reason it feels maybe a little small or like petty is because they're not necessarily life threatening, mm-hmm. but Piper is just kind of on a downward spiral. Yeah. It doesn't like feel surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it's not surprising. It's not dramatic. It just sucks. Yeah. And, and actually, she doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I think that's the, the hardest part the fact that she, like, she knows that one part of her happiness is that she can't stay with Dan. But then, like, she doesn't know how she can stay with Leo. And so she's not mm-hmm. really sure what will bring her happiness. She doesn't think it's possible. And I, I also yeah. realized that when I was conceptualizing 
witchery as being a part of their heritage, a part of their blood. I guess I could I could reimagine um, Piper's dissatisfaction with her witchiness as being like I don't want to do what what I, even though I just discovered it, I don't want to do what my family has always done. Like I want to be my own person. Mm. Yeah, I've never really thought of it that way, but definitely. Not only, you know, I don't want to do what my family's done, but all the the matriarchs of my family are, are past. They're mm. dead. Yeah. That's Early. true. Hmm. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of a, it's a bummer of an ending. It truly is. Who would have thought that a sh- uh, an episode called How to Make a Quilt Out of Americans would be such a bummer? I know, and not really that gruesome. Just like a, like a slightly realistic bummer like a <laughs> like a metaphorical bummer one that it can actually apply to real life that yeah. sucks that i don't want to think about real life damn get me out of get me out of here like i just want to think about witches battling stuff not battling depression oh no oh no but then again aren't we all just a witch battling depression <laughs> zap zap uh, and with that, we have reached the end of season two, episode 17. I thought you were going to say season two, and I was going to be like, Bryce, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just decide, like, that's the end. We're not going to watch any more of season two. Yeah. Actually, though, I, I will say I'm very excited for our next episode. Oh, all right. It is, it is an episode that I have watched over and over and over. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Watch out for that, listeners, when it comes to you in the next six to nine months. Yep. Uh, package may be slightly delayed. Return to center. <laughs> <laughs> Many times over. Wow, we did it. Yeah. Once again, once more. Into the breach, Would you friends. Would you like to do a demon death? Would I? It was kind of underwhelming. Really? Tell to me, me more. It felt, yeah, no, tell me it more. It felt a little... I don't know. I think... Okay, here's what I figured out. If the demon himself or herself or themselves is not that interesting to begin with, mm-hmm. I think that I, I don't super pay attention. Or, like, I'm not really excited about the death as much. Mm. Um, and I th- so I think it might just have been, like, a lack of excitement and anticipation on my part. I was just like, well, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, it is kind of gross. He turns back into a skin suit. That's fun. Mm-hmm. But it, just the the actor, the the performance itself was pretty blah and unappealing for me. Okay. So I was, I was also underwhelmed by the, the death. You know what? That's very fair. When you, when you think of it from the perspective of, like, is this an interesting villain? I mean, from the way you've talked about how we can read into conceptualizing old womanness as evil i think that that is like an interesting concept but the villain himself not interesting um yeah but i thought that i agree i think it was a fun death scene just because the sisters had to do it without their powers which i think was Mm. it's always a good time yes oh you're right you you know you're right and i guess it was a pretty like extended conquering (laughs) yeah vanquish vanquishment an extend extended release vanquish tablet Mm mm-hmm I'm going to say 3.5 out of 5. Wow. I'm going to say like a 2.8. Okay, okay. Jeremy's. uh, But yeah. 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 (laughs) But I I did. 
I liked the episode itself, though. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the episode. I thought, even though uh, Piper was on this real subplot of, like, depression, Mm -hmm. um, and Phoebe had a little subplot of vanity and and old age signified from the glasses, I thought that it was a pretty straightforward episode, and I thought it was a very tidy episode. Oh, yeah. Like, it went by very quickly. Yeah. You know what? When you say it like that, I do... It's hard for me to, like, know a good episode until you, like, point out all of its good parts. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, I would say this was, like... It's it's not one that I'm like, oh, I really want to revisit this episode. But mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, oh, that, yeah, that was a, a pleasant clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um... And, um... Bryce, do you have any any takeaways? Any final any takeaways? Um, okay, so I did some more research into charm.fandom.com, and I learned that mm-hmm. Julia Lee, who plays young Aunt Gail, plays uh, is the like um, physical actress for Constance Hatchaway, which is the Weeping Bride in the Haunted Mansion ride in, in Disneyland. Oh my god! Um, mm-hmm. She um, she's not the voice. I think someone else is the voice, but she is like is the physical image. Um, and the whole so I read this whole backstory about who Constant Hatchaway is, the Weeping Bride, and apparently this bride hatchets her husband. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually. That's the only part of the story I remember. Oh my god, that's kind of cool though. That's yeah. a really cool part to have. Yeah, truly. Just like as a legacy. Hmm. Mm, I like that. Um, my takeaway from this uh, is that getting getting to be an elder physically is a very scary thing, mm. I think. Uh, and it can be a very scary thing because of the state of the world and, and what we think is a rapidly declining state. But... Um, there is a Jewish tradition, a Jewish kind of mandate, which is not to speak ill, or not not ill, but like not to speak of someone who is still alive as if they are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to speak of the earth that way either. Wow. Which I think is, is very interesting and actually encouraging because in a psychological sense, like to speak of something as if it's already dying puts you in a stage of acceptance mm-hmm. and and passivity mm-hmm. to not actually fight for life. And speaking of something as it is in its present can encourage a fight, a fighting response, and a vivaciousness that would not necessarily be encouraged if you were already accepting something's death as inevitable. Yeah, that's so, so cool. Yeah, so I just I just think that as as uh, nihilistic as I can be, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can be pretty nihilistic, it gives me a little bit of of both hope and and levity and renewed energy to speak of myself and the earth as we are. That was beautiful. Thank you again for sharing. Thank you. I sometimes I just say words and I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, they just they come out. <laughs> they come out anyway, <laughs> and it's like, wow. Okay, great. We 
we put a sentence together today. Thank you everyone for listening. My name is Shayna. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters on Instagram. Oh, and sorry, and you can find you can find my my uh, newsletter about the gays and, and gals that make movies worth watching at shaynamacy.substack.com. I can just imagine the tagline just slowly like coming undone the more you say it. The gals and movies who make gays worth watching. <laughs> The gays and their movies. <laughs> what a riot. <laughs> um, I'm Bryce. You can find me on your best Bryce, uh, at your best Bryce on Instagram and also at finished foodstagram. <laughs> I'm Bryce. You can find me on Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce.com, if you will. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, the TV. Um and together we are Charmed to Spellcast. You can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. You can almost, almost, you can also, you can, I, I am falling apart here. You can also <laughs> email us, charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Um, we would, we would love to give a shout out to, to Quinn. We are so sorry if we're pronouncing your name incorrectly, but you sent us a lovely little note encouraging us to keep recording and you know what we do it for you we're so glad you <laughs> like listening to our ramblings and that's we hope the you truth. have a nice day yes yeah yeah we're just like so touched by that um anyway that's it i hope you do something with your life that is exciting and um but also you don't have to you can just <laughs> eat pizza okay that's it <laughs> bye <All right. laughs> doesn't look like a nightmare or feel like a dream I am a normal girl or at least that's what I was now I'm one part of a monster escaping the jaws of a new disaster every day this isn't the path that I chose anyway and there's a new petty picture of what I can't have it's driving me up the wall of someone's normal life someone who has a guy who doesn't wait for a week till she gets a reply from a normal phone from a message that reads i wanted to see you can you tell me what you need hasn't been 24 hours turning into two days into 72 tiny inscrutable ways that the month rolls past me and no one can see that this crazy life has taken 10 years out of me who has a normal life are they happy at all am i only complaining to empty rooms and crumbling Listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.